Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're so glad you tuned in tonight to uh, Raising Expectations. And you know, today's Valentine's, so make sure you tell your wife, that significant other, your family, your kids, maybe your neighbor if they're nice. I don't know, but tell them you love and you appreciate them and you're glad that they're there. And because uh, it is Valentine's and that's a very, very special time. We are Raising Expectations, as you know, and we're here to tell you that all the love we just talked about, the greatest love the world's ever known, is God who loves you. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay for your sins and errors. If you're perfect, you don't need him. But if you're like the rest of us, you'll be real glad he loves you every day of the year. He gave his life for you, and he's coming again to receive us. So we bring on to our show people of all walks of life, and we have one of our favorites coming up in just a few minutes. Uh you're going to be excited once again. She's going to share things that she and her husband that are going to bless your life and cause you to uh, actually, I think, be willing to help more people around you. Want to share what she says so you could be a light for people who may be holding it back because they're nervous about things. She always has a way to reach a person's heart. So our team is the greatest team you'll ever find in the world. I'm blessed. I'm Pastor Joe. Most of you know me. My life is blessed as retired pastor, entertainer, this, that, and the other. And, uh, my life has never been blessed more ever than the people I'm going to introduce to you right now. And I count on my family. First of all, on the West Coast, in the great thriving metropolis of Lompoc, which is Rocket Town, our Space Force place there. Uh, Paul monitors that for everybody. Don't worry. He's ready to shoot balloons down any minute. Just call Paul. He'll take care Got of this. Four today. Four today. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's been greasing the slingshot. He's ready to go. Paul is in Lompoc, California, just north of San Francisco. And you know, when we started to tune in the program tonight, he still had his binoculars on. He took them down by now, but don't worry. Paul's here. Don't fear. So <laughs> Dr. Paul Hall, he's a retired pastor. He's a theologian. He's the it's one of the best men you'll ever meet. He's been my my pal for 50 years. We went to school together, and this guy's been a blessing in my life. And uh, he theologues. We're not sure what that means. We made it up, but you heard it first here at Raising Expectations. He theologues when he knows from Scripture and puts it into our lives. Hey, man, love you, Paul. Glad you're there. Talk to you real soon. Good to see you. All the way from there. Now we're going to go across the country, all the way to the south, which is the, the south and the east, but it's the south still. And I think I got that right, right, Ron? And uh, two of our favorite people. In fact, we call this couple California's gift to Georgia. Our That's right. 
each state. That's what we call them. And you know them well. That's Steph there, who is the founder and CEO of Quenching Wells. And I don't think you'll find a better health and wellness coach in all of the United States than you'll find in Stephanie because she loves the Lord. She loves her husband. You're going to meet him too here. She loves her kids. She is an example of what she says. You know, I've come to find that when you live what you preach and you preach what you live, that's what she does. So look her up on our website and you'll find all the pertinent information there and get a hold of her. The year's just beginning. You'll be all set. You don't have to worry about fudge till next, a long time down the road. It's still next Christmas. You'll <laughs> be set before then. This is Stephanie Thayer and her husband, Tank Thayer. Actually, it's Craig Thayer, but he call him Tank. And like we love to say, Tank is six foot five and we call him anything he wants. So Tank takes care of it. He's a coach. He's a godly man. He's a great husband and uh, with his boys and his family. And uh, we're just thankful that he's mainly too. The thing that's amazing is he is a trauma surgeon and uh, he takes care of people when other people don't even know where to begin. So uh, Tank is a great man of God. We love and appreciate him. And lastly, but not lastly, He's a new author. We're going to be talking about this. We're, we just missed touching base this week on this. I have some information to him, but he's a new author in a great book called Save. He's going to talk about his life. He talks about what God's taken him through. And you know, when you walk with God, just like Tank says, you find that he gives you insight you can find no other way. And you're going to see life not just through the eyes of a surgeon, but through the heart of a surgeon for what God does in his life. We love you guys. So thankful for you. So thankful. And, uh, you know, as we get back in the balloon, excuse me, that's not a good term right now. As we get back in a plane and we go cross back to this great state of Texas, which is the uh, the lake upon which the United States rests, I'm told, uh, the great state of Texas in the great metropolis of McKinney, which is part of Dallas, we'll find one of our favorite pastors in the entire world. That's Pastor Ron Greer, who came from Wisconsin, slid all the way down to Texas, and he's been doing a great job ever since. Must have been a winner. He also works with Man in the Mirror. He's a great uh, counselor. He's a pastor. Ran for Congress. I mean, this man has a heart that understands listening to God, what the needs of people are around him. And Ron blesses our life. And the neat thing about it is when we first met Ron, he was extremely shy. And now he's come out of his shell. And he's so so much more. Ron, my nose just hit the screen. Pinocchio on me. But in any event, Ron is a blessing. <laughs> all. I love you, brother. We're glad you're here. And uh, comments from people all week long. Just are so thankful for every one of you, as am I. That was proper English, wasn't it? I think that was right. Thank I you, so. <laughs> I think so. Sounds good to me. Now, you know the team. We're here for you. You can get us on the website. Talk to us when we get a hold of us. We're just thankful that God's brought us together for a great time together. Now, tonight, we have with us Dr. Marianne and Will Cintron. They are an incredible couple. They are family with us. We've had them on before, and they're back because everybody wants to have them back just like we do. And uh, she is a specialist, a dyslexia specialist, but she does so much more. And she, like Stephanie and the people we're talking about here, she ministers to people in her profession from her heart, where she follows what God has been saying to her. And uh, she's she's a real true blessing to each one of us. And I'm looking as uh, that disappeared. I'm looking. I got a deal on this phone. It's really good. It's they call it a smartphone, but I I used to think I was smart, but I think I'm dumb and it's smarter. But anyway, looking at what she's going to bring tonight, would you give us as we get prepared here uh, the famous right hand? It's not the right hand of fellowship. It's the round. <laughs> 
cross. Boy, there's the old pastor. I mean, you see that slip, Ron? It came out, Paul. The Baptist right background never leaves. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right right in the We're just going to help you out, Pastor Doug. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Hang in. I need all the help I can get. Let's welcome the Centrons, Dr. Mary Ann and Will Centron. And uh, they're coming all the way from Southern California. And uh, they were here a minute ago. Don't worry, folks, because I'm looking at them. And they're going to bring them on the screen for you. And uh, there they are. See, now the screen looks much better. Hey, Will, good to see you, brother. Glad you're here. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to throw a thought out here. And then, guys and and our wonderful gal, I'm just going to throw them out there and and let Marianne address some of these and talk from her heart about you. She's she's a, a wonderful teacher. And uh, I asked her a little bit, what are some of the things that we're, we're looking at? And uh, she was sharing. She's been helping people in so many ways, but there's such an inquiry going on in her life, she said, about people who are transitioning from uh, help in elementary school and helping kids to learn to uh, to actually kindergartners she's helped. Actually, two adults now. She teaches two adults. So there's two thoughts that I want to throw out there, and then everybody just run with it as God's laid things on your heart. Uh, as we look at what she'll be sharing tonight, and she'll be bringing these thoughts up, and it's wonderful the way she does it. Is there enough science to back what we are saying works? And she's bringing this out. So she will be politically incorrect and absolutely on it for everyone who <laughs> listens tonight because she does know the science and you don't need to worry. And if not, we'll go to Congress with her on that. I want to make sure that you all do. So is there the science? And does one thing work for everybody? Uh, is there science to back up what she's showing? And does one thing work for everybody? And how does that all come together? And this covers education. You know, the, it's a hot topic, education today. Oh, my goodness, how we need to reach out and save our kids and actually re-educate a whole bunch of people that need to put their science down, get out of the street, and realize God loves what education does, too. So that's kind of where we're going. So Marianne, Will, welcome. We gave you the welcome. You know the family. Thanks for being with us tonight going to turn this to you. Hey, it's great to be here. Um, I just want to share that the, the thing that sets my reading program apart from others is that we use music when we're teaching adults to read and, and children to read. We don't use the music with the kindergartners. But when you send music in the left ear, it crosses over to the right angular gyrus and gives it a job it likes to do. And then we have spelling exercises that you play in an earbud in your right ear that are going to cross to the left side of your brain. And it's going to be like Pilates of the brain. And it strengthens the left hemisphere, specifically the left angular gyrus, to read. And the science is out there. I have three books (laughs) on my website. This book um, was my dissertation, but I share 17 case studies of kids who we use music with, you know, and what was the problem before I learned about music? I knew there was a missing link. You know, you could teach so many different tricks to kids to read, but there's just a missing link. And when I learned about the music, it was my aha moment. And we, I used it in an after-school program with five different low-income school districts. I received, um, money from the state of California. I was a supplemental education 
provider. So we worked after school and I had about 15 tutors working for me. And we saw these kids making such fast gains. One of the grandparents who was raising his granddaughter because the mom was in prison, he started crying and he said, what are you doing so differently? And I said, we're using music. And he said, you know, my granddaughter used to get detention. She she didn't like to go to the library. She fought with us all the time. And now we all get along. And he said, this is really a miracle. Are you a doctor? And at that time, I only had, I had two masters, but it prompted me to go to get my doctorate. And wouldn't you think that when you get your doctorate and you do the research that everybody would jump on the bandwagon? (laughs) It still isn't happening. And I have people saying, um, you know, have you researched this and have you researched that? And we've wanted to do research with prison inmates. We've wanted to do more research with middle school kids. But getting people to fund it is one issue. And then getting schools to get on board who don't mind if their kids are included in this beneficial program, those are issues that keep us from getting more and more research published. So my attitude is, you know what? I'm making my music app free. It's called CDSM. It stands for Step by Step. It stands for Centron Dyslexia Solutions with Music. It's free on Android. You have to pay $10 on Apple, but it's free on Android. And I've been recording these uh, phonemic awareness lessons for children, for kinder and first graders. And I was reserving that for people who wanted to have a paid subscription for my um, my YouTubes. But I'm making those free now because I want to challenge the audience. If I could get 50 adults who want to get my free app and try it for 30 days, or let's take this to six months. Listen to the music in the left ear as you watch the videos, that the phonemic awareness videos. I'm starting to upload them into YouTube. There's about nine uploaded already. Because when you're getting the phonemic awareness input into your eye gate and your ear gate in one ear, and the other ear is listening to music, it has a profound impact on the brain. And I'd love to hear from the audience. Yes, I tried it. Um, I'm going to do this four days a week. I'm going to do this three days a week. And let's see after a month, two months, three months, even six months, how do you feel about learning to read? Because I had a neurologist tell me, man, even 18 years ago when I went to a conference with uh, Patricia Cole, This neurologist said, music has so much impact on the brain, we're not even tapping into it. So he told me back then, keep doing what you're doing, and I am. I'm taking it to a new level because now I'm having adults use the same phonemic awareness that I'm using with first graders. Because when you can't read, you can't read. Amen. you can't rhyme, you can't rhyme. And if you don't know beginning and ending letter sounds, you just don't. They just don't come to you. In osmosis, you need to be trained. And I think I think God has given me something to share with people that's really going to make a big difference. Amen. Stephanie? Yeah. Are you okay if I go, Ron? I knew you were going to say something. Well, I'm sorry. I was... Okay. okay. So I, so Dr. Marianne and I met a few years ago. We've become friends and I, we have a son that's dyslexic. Craig is dyslexic, if you don't know that. 
And when you told me about the, the music in the ear, because that particular child loves music, very musically inclined, actually. And, but it was always in his right ear. So I told him to switch it. And it was, I mean, just doing homework, trying to read everything that he did completely changed because it, it like fills in the gap basically, or it makes that, that side that he wants to use busy. So the other side can work. So that is such a fantastic Mm -hmm. little trick for people that struggle with reading. And we were um, listening to a news briefing about some of the school systems on the East Coast uh, and how poor they are doing and how um, certain there's like 23 schools in this particular state that there is zero zero comprehension for reading. And I wrote a note because I'm going to contact you afterwards of like, call this state up because what's happening is kids are getting pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. And you can only do that maybe one semester if you're lucky, right? So you have years of pushed through and then it's such a disservice. They become older and they become adults who are not ready to, to function. And it's really a shame because we need to, give them an education, not push them through. Well, actually, it's Baltimore. It is Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. No state. (laughs) 18,000 a kid, he just said, Mm. for education. Yeah. Going where? Right. (laughs) So I'm curious, what kind of music do you play for these children? I am so glad you asked that because I actually have a list, and it's classical music. Okay. And I actually shared this on one of my YouTubes, um, some some um, specifics. Uh, Yanini is really beautiful. Um, Mozart, uh, the London concert, Hauser. And then I always, in, in my app, I have Tchaikovsky, Beethoven, Mozart. Um, uh, who else? Just the, the popular ones. So, but the ones I just read you are more current and trendy classical music. Yanini is, just, it's pretty amazing. You just want to listen and listen and you're just, it's so relaxing. So to imagine listening to this in the left ear as your study, I even heard the woman who trained me about in this about 20 years ago actually said, have people watch the news and play music in the left ear. And watch them be able to comprehend the news much easier. Really? Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) I I would think I would play the music in the left ear and not listen to the news. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. Much better. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) You know, I've had adults reach out to me lately. Here I'm on this big old um, wave of helping parents of kinders and first graders because with COVID, those kids have fallen, I mean, the social skills are lacking and the parents just don't know what to do to help their kids. So I've been, you know, um, going through each of these letters of the alphabet and recording it. And and the, the parent can literally just put it up on their computer, sit next to their child and have their child watch this while they're sitting next to them. And they could see red flags if the kids aren't getting some of the things we're going to talk about later. Um and, and I'm having adults call me and ask me to assess them, and I can assess them very easily in two and a half hours. 
and screen them. They they need as they need assessments so that they could get some accommodations in their jobs because some of them are getting reminders every hour about the competition of who's excelling and that drives them nuts. So we were able to get some accommodations on the job, get, get a team member to help with new concepts that are being trained. Um, and then also uh, adults who want to get their teaching credential and their master's, but they don't know how to spell. Well, if you get an assessment, you can get some accommodations in college and go and get those degrees. And one, one parent asked me, well, how can you train me? And I, you know, I asked her, could she afford my fee, which I will put on the air. And she's like, oh, I have no money. Do you have any scholarships? Well, I don't have scholarships. And it occurred to me, you know what, if she listened to these um, teachings that I'm giving to kinder and first graders and listened to the music, she could be training herself without having my one-on-one on Zoom across the states, which is what I would do. So I, I just think it's, let's try this, guys. Let's try this for 30 days, 60 days. Anybody out there ready to do this? Great idea. Yeah, great idea. Yeah. So for those of us who are slow learners, uh, <laughs> would you repeat the name of your app and your website for people who would be interested in Okay, so the app is C, as in Cintron, D, as Dyslexia, S, as in Solutions, M, with music, stands for music, C, D, S, M. And my website, I made it real easy. It's Dyslexia, which is D-Y-S-L-E-X-I-A, hyphen solutions dot com. And the app is actually on one of the drop-down menus that people can locate. Oh, good. And if they do it on their phone, they could download it right from there. If they are on the computer, they're going to have to download it on the phone. So <laughs> could, I, could I pursue like three seconds here? Classical music, uh, beautiful music, such a wide range, however. Uh, some of it can be very exciting. Like, does a child learn when he listens to the flight of the Valkyries, for for example? You know, I mean, uh, or or when when you talk about classical music, is does this tend to be on the soothing side of of the? It's a uh, sixty beats per minute is in okay. my app. It's pretty. Okay. It regulates the heartbeat. Okay. And you know, the thing with music, if I could read from, um, uh, from Stanford, a university, uh, a PhD, his name was, uh, Vinod Menon. He was saying that the research findings expand on previous functional brain image studies of anticipation, Hmm. which is the heart of the musical experience. Hmm. So, um, he said typically in music, what comes next is known, and it's because of music's underlying pulse or rhythm that it helps the person know what's going to what is going to occur next, and it's just very soothing to the brain. Okay. And yeah, there's a lot of research. I have it on my website as well. If people okay. want to read some Good. of the resources I've quoted. Good information. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we'll put now that up the, for you in a bit. Now you said the music. Uh, your brain knows what's coming next. 
Because uh, of the pattern, which is why we also listen to uh, nursery rhymes. We teach the kids in kinder right. Right. nursery rhymes. Um, there's a rhythm and a pattern. And mm-hmm. even a little girl that I'm tutoring right now, um, just she she's learned her ABCs when she didn't know them when she first came to me. That's mm-hmm. part, developing that um, the memory that needs to really be developed. But knowing, mm-hmm. anticipating what's coming next is so important. Okay. You know, when I was in the first grade, I I learned the music. I learned the alphabet, Ron, by by music, like you're saying. And if Wrong. if I didn't sing the little jingle, even today, I can't do the alphabet. It's just there, and the melody always comes back, Ron. Yeah. Excuse me, go ahead. You may have been. I'll, I'll never met that publicly myself, but I'm glad I, you I've done that. No, I have even done that <laughs> now, but yeah, I can even remember things uh, in Baptist training when you were a kid, right? Everything was put to music, you know, the books of the Bible and the characters here. And then I got over the same thing. I would sing the song in my head going, okay, Moses, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you're, everybody's homework tonight is to listen to Yanini. His Yanini. name is spelled Y-A-N-I-N-I. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what this made me think of is I did, I had one. That was the books of the Bible and then the states. And I realized my boys would not learn the multiplication tables. I don't know what it was. And they were really good at math. So I got it's something tales. It's just all on music. And then they just run around the house singing the math tables. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and there's something about stringed in- instruments that resonate with the water in our body. And Stephanie, health coach, you could talk about how much water is in our brain and in our body, right? Yes. Yeah, but but stringed instruments resonate with water. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's mm-hmm. even the harp and the piano, but the violins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the str- yeah, just love stringed mm-hmm. instruments. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Spell, spell his name again. Y-A-N- Y-A-N-I-N-I. See, I, told, I, I was, I was going to use his music for the prison ministry research we were going to do because we're thinking adults are going to want something kind of more contemporary. All right. So, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of like a halftime show, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> kids, kids have. Kids, have, do you do you find any resistance, Marianne, and just pursuing this music? Thing for just a second. Do you find any resistance if kids are are inclined to listen to a different genre of music? Is it have you found them uh, open to transitioning over to to the classical end of things? When I, you know, five years ago, I taught in middle school, okay. and um, the kids really just want to listen to their own music, right? So. You know, you fight your, you know, you pick your battles and we would let them listen to what their music choice was and they'd have to be sure the volume was down and played in their left ear. And there's even a non-public school in my neighborhood that Mm -hmm. the principal told me she does that. She lets her whole class, special ed class, listen to music in their left ear. And because she said it calms them down and they stay focused. But the minute you see them you know, getting off task and just getting into their music or watching their phone too long, you take that privilege away. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we would let them listen to their playlist. And in, in high school, it's pretty much the same. But if we're talking about, you know, adults who want to listen 
to some beautiful classical music. Um, and then the app is already selected for them. So you, there's no, Perfect. Um, no thinking about here's lesson number one, here's lesson number two. Now with my app, it's got little um, shapes. The first shape is just music, seven or eight minutes of music. The second shape on the app is the letter names and sounds. So I think there's a huge implication for second language learners who want to learn our letter names and sounds. And then for people who want to start taking the spelling tests, I've got 28 of them. If they're not getting the intervention to learn the phonics, they're not going to be successful with the spelling exercises. So I tell the parents, have them, when they listen to exercise number one, have them just write the first letter sound that they hear. And then the second day you do this, have them add the vowel. So they're writing the first letter sound and the vowel. And then the third time you're, they're listening to it, have them write only the last letter sound. And you'd be surprised how many kids will write the whole word mm-hmm. wow. because they're learning the sounds, the very unique phonemes, we call them. Wow. And then so then exercise number two has four letters. Exercise number, uh, yeah, spelling exercise number three has four letters. And then I go into multiple syllables. And so I'll say, have your child only write the first syllable on the first day. The second day, write only the second syllable and let them know we're going to, because that way, if they try to write the whole word and they don't get it correctly, we could say, well, that's because you haven't learned it yet. You just need to focus on the second syllable because it'll only have three letters. And then the third day, okay, we're going to combine them and then break it up into doing 10 words versus 20. Um, also, some people have said that I speak quickly on the exercises so they could skip every other word and then go back and then do the other words. So there's different strategies I've tried with so many different students with the app. You know, what's real interesting just to uh, comment on the referrals. People have sent me referrals just saying, I wish we would have learned about this a long time ago. And that's why when I've tutored people from my home, it's from the private schools who have the freedom to send them to try something new that works. And with my Orton-Gillingham training, um, it reminds me of the diet, like with, with a coach, with Stephanie, she's a health coach. And she'll say not everything works for everybody, you know. There's different things, different people have to try. And it's the same with reading. You know, Orton Gillingham, that strict, strict model doesn't work for everybody. But there is a science of reading and we're exposing what the different methods of the science of reading are. That works. Could you could you precisely define phonetics and uh, you know for for people listening in when when you say phonetic uh what what are you what are you saying there precisely yeah so we we teach i don't know um joe or is 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 tj going to put up some of those do you want him to put these up that i i have up yeah okay tj that might help a little bit and and the difference between phonemic and phonetic they look like this tj if you can bring these up oh (laughs) no that's kind of hard I was just going to say what the different books focus on individually. Phonemic awareness is recognizing what's the beginning sound of a word, what's the ending sound of a word. 
you could have a vowel sound like um, like bed, which is um, the short E in the middle of the word. Or you could have, um, I read a story. All of a sudden, E-A says eh. So if you get a bunch of, you know, easy, regular words and just change the first letter to make it a pretend word or nonsense okay. word, yeah. can the child still recognize in a two-syllable word, you know, why at the end of a word it says E for baby or oh, ready? Like Dr. Seuss type, those kind of Dr. Seuss repetitive things. Dr. Seuss does a lot of, well, you know, that's funny because he does, he throws a lot of nonsense words in there because they're rhymes and that's what they need to learn. You know, horse or force, one's a CE, one's a SE. Well, phonemic awareness will teach a bunch of SE words and then a bunch of CE words. And so there is that, it's not just memorizing the word as a picture, but it's learning that these words, you know, end with a, a CE or an SE. And then also, um, like we have blends of consonants like S-M-O-G. Mm-hmm. The S has its own sound. The M has its own ch- own sound. But mm-hmm. if you have C-H, we don't say S-H. We say Ch or right. K. So that's phonemic awareness. And the more kids read, the more they're going to see um, – where those kind of words will appear and it just becomes automatic. And when they're retraining, if they're listening with the music in the left ear, it's going to start training their, the language center of the brain to sort the different sounds. So okay. this may sound like a weird question. You said <laughs> phonetic, that's phonetic awareness, right? So what's the difference between that and. Uh, phonemic. Not not phonemic, yeah. uh, phonological, phonological awareness. Is that the, that the same thing, or is it something? Different? You know, I think it's it's very frustrating because people want to understand it easier. But right. phonics is just you know um, letters, alphabet letters have a sound, have a couple right. of sounds, and so that association to the written letter it would be phonics. Phonemic right. awareness is where do you hear the ah in the word? Hat. I hear it in the middle. Where do you hear okay. um, the sound I in the word spice? I hear it in the middle. So awareness. Are you aware of where the sounds are in the word? And are you aware of what the sound is in the word? All right. So, mm. so it's a different awareness. All right. So it's being aware. Let's see, so, some, so you have kids not recognizing the sound itself and then some not recognizing uh, where in the word the sound is that 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 yeah that, something like that yep and then but yeah and then there's a whole uh, a whole lot that goes to teaching kids about writing you know we need okay. a subject and a verb right you know. right right, right. So, that, that may explain something in our whole uh I, I fought hard against this thing way back when but <laughs> I didn't know exactly why I knew I knew something was wrong with it but when they uh, they tried to institute what they call ebonics. And the, the problem with, with the ebonics is that it defied the normal traditional phonetic <laughs> phonetic uh, sound. Yeah, so, it does. So it's it's like why, why would we try to teach something that's totally different than what the world? So is that is that somewhat right or? <laughs> I think so because oh, okay. what do they call English? Is the Queen's language? 
Right. Okay. And if mm-hmm. you want to get a job, learn English. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, or, I, as a, as a lay person, but a mama that was all of a sudden, you know, I brought our boys home, and first grade is the big reading year. So, and that's my least favorite subject. Although I love to read, I don't want to explain it or teach it. I don't know if you guys remember doing spelling tests as a kid, but I would just memorize the 20 words. I'm sure there was a rule in it, but I didn't know. Like literally the only one I remember is what I before E except after C. That's the only rule I know. Okay. It, it wasn't true. My son, there's a bunch of rules. There's a bunch. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's actually a reason we do what we do. But so what, what, what Dr. Marianne is saying is it's stuff that I think we just, a lot of us just picked up because it was repeated, but nobody ever said like, this makes a shh sound. We just knew that the 20 words said shh and they were all spelled different and we figured it out. Right. (laughs) And that that was one of my, that was one of my problems. That's the problem I had with learning to read. And I, to this day, I can't spell. And I, and I, part of it was just that very thing. I didn't learn the rules, and the rules didn't make sense to me as a kid. I mean, no one explained well, it to me. They, they, they'll give you the rule, but no one, they, they didn't explain what the rule meant. So I, I, I still attribute my lack of spelling to this day to the same sort of, I just never learned the basics very well. I, I, every That's once in a while, I come across a word that I hadn't written down in a long time. And I'll write it down, and I'll look at it, and I go, that's not right. Yeah, yeah something's wrong with that. <laughs> I will that's, write why, it too. that's why I give a lot of grace to Joe when he calls Lompoc Lompoc, <laughs> because it's spelled L-O-M-P-O-C. And by go. the rules, it would be Lompoc. But for the sake of not being ignorant, it's Lompoc. Uh, you know, and, and so, it, I mean, it, it, Thanks, I am so glad that English <laughs> is my first language. You know, it's my native tongue. I would hate yeah. to have to learn English. It, it is so confusing. Well, and, that's uh, that's well, why that's I admire what you do, you know, Marianne and Will, because it, it, it's it's confusing uh, from the Well, you know what I state. love? <laughs> the curriculum that I'm using for kinders and first graders, it's by Pleasant Roland, and she's retired from it. And I mm-hmm. just happen to be a, a, a reseller for McGraw-Hill. But there's rules being taught at kinder and first grade that kids need to know in mm-hmm. second and third grade. Like mm-hmm. when you end a word with a double L or a double S or a mm-hmm. double um, F, I'm teaching that to kindergartners. Mm-hmm. And so when they get to that in first grade or second grade, it's already going to be known to them mm-hmm. that doll has a double L, that floss has a double S. It's called the floss rule. So there are grammar rules that we're teaching in kindergarten, which we need to get these kinders ready for first grade because then those first grade teachers won't be pulling their hair out. <laughs> I, I want to say something about what Paul said. I, I've been told that the English language is the hardest to learn. And I mean, you know, we're struggling with it and we grew up with it, right? Yeah. Uh, where we moved, uh, our particular county is at least 40%. Hispanic. I use that loosely. It's really Latin America. There's a lot of different countries. And I went to see a gal last year and she was embarrassed. I didn't know at the beginning, but she was embarrassed to try to speak with me. So she had someone else sit with us that was a better English speaker. And we ended up having a great God conversation. I gave her my like 40 words of Spanish so she could giggle at me because it's (laughs) atrocious, but I tried. Right. And I was telling her, you're better. You're much better 
at English than I am at Spanish. And what I told her was, please don't ever apologize. You speak a second language better than I can speak a second language. And so I think when we interact with people, we really are a melting pot here to be kind like that and say, you don't need to apologize to me. You know, we do, you have to spend some more effort to hear when it's not a native tongue. It goes a long way. She smiled and I've seen her since and she's much more confident. I don't know that it was just because of that, but I think encouraging people, it's the same with our kids or an adult. Like I made a note, I have a very good friend that's dyslexic and people don't know it. He's been able to mask it and get around. And I I thought I need to contact him about doing your app Mm. on his own because he still struggles as a very successful adult. He has all this hidden support, right? Wouldn't it be great Mm -hmm. for him to be able to do it on his own? Yes. When I first moved to Santa Barbara in 65, uh, we we lived, uh, (laughs) eventually we lived on a street called Ariaga. (laughs) <laughs> okay, double L area Ariaga, but to me from the Midwest, it was a relic street. I mean, it just or, or, and the same thing with Chapala. Chapala Street was Chapala Street. I mean, that just that made sense. That's how I how I learned it. So so as our culture continues to make shifts in even in uh, foreign languages, how English words are drifting into the to the conversation, it becomes more of a challenge, uh, I, I think, along the way. So helping kids learn early and learn the fundamentals and and uh, and learn that there are exceptions to the rule, like I before E except after C doesn't always apply, you know, so oh, yes. it, it's crazy. It's crazy. And no one ever told me that. They liked it. <laughs> well, it doesn't apply all the time, so. <laughs> yeah, make it up. <laughs> oh well. Thank goodness for spell check. Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness for Rosalind because she's my spell checker. Like, honey, how do you spell such and such? She does all the proofreading too because I'm a terrible speller. I really am. I, but I, but I, I do. I, I, I sympathize with it because again, coming from a low income urban inner city area, it is one of the. Um, most neglected things. It's it's teaching kids those basics, and you you don't. It's it, and what it, what bothered me was somewhere around when my kids were born, they started want to teach whole language. And now on one hand, okay, that might be good for, for a small minority of kids, but all the kids I knew, they needed to be you know, learn phonics and and some of the phon- phonetic uh, you know awareness sort of thing also, and they never did. No, and they resisted it like crazy. Well, you know, we have sight words. Sight words would be like whole words. They just memorize them. Right. They they just don't match the phonemic rules. So they they recommend a blend of both. But when we got away from phonics, we really hurt our kids. Yes, yes. And that is one of the fights we had for getting the first two kids until they were probably in middle school. I mean, almost middle school. Uh, They resisted the whole phonics thing. And they even chided us for that's, I mean, Dr. Seuss was my my best friend. <laughs> I love even still. I love reading. And uh, and here here's how crazy it, it, how far they went. Our middle son gets in goes to uh, kindergarten, and he was too advanced. Uh, first, his 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 birthday fell in the wrong part of the year. <laughs> we had to take him in and have him tested, and he blew that out. So they wanted us to come one day and go to an actual class at school. 
And they still said, no, he wasn't ready because he looked out the window and daydreamed a lot. Well, you, I said, well, did he finish all the tests? Yes. He finished the work. Yes. Okay. He was bored. <laughs> bored. Right. Well, yeah. so she pulls us, uh, later pulled us aside and said, well, the problem is he's much too much. You, you taught him too much. He's more uh, advanced than the kids. <laughs> He'd be too much of a disruption. I'm going, why does that make sense to anybody? But, th- but that was one of the things was trying to teach him those basics uh, and protect him from the other stuff in the neighborhood before he started kindergarten. And I, I, I still think that's probably the best thing for parents to do rather than waiting I agree. And, and ignoring those things. Because what I see on videos and children's programs, oh, sometimes just horrible. So, you know, it brings to a question. The question was, <laughs> is, why, did, why do you think that people in education who are so committed to teaching kids are so opposed to doing something like this? Money. Yeah. That's right. Money. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but I- <laughs> it's the politics and I hate to see it. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. You know, let's my friend created this. Let's try this. And I don't know. People have some marketing dollars in their pocket that I don't have. Right. I would love everybody to try this, but they want the the data collected, which costs a lot of money for the huge right. companies or the connections that I don't know. It's a lot of. Money so we got to find a we got to find a very very wealthy dyslexic millionaire billionaire. Like yeah, sponsor a lot of them. You're out there. Oh, Marianne, <laughs> I'll give you a free one. Uh, I wasn't going to say this, but you know, I think Ron would give me the green light. But when <laughs> I was a high school principal for international school with kids from all around the world, you kind of have to watch what you say. Of course, I never did. But in any event, <laughs> yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, the long book because I had fun with them, and I think. You must reach their hearts too, because when they all came for the first big assembly, I would give them my name. Well, Joe's easy. I mean, I always wanted some fancy name like Schwishel Buckler or something, but it was Joe. That's about as plain as can be. But in any event, my last name Schofield, they couldn't spell it. So I would say it's very easy. Just remember, it's S C H O F I E L D. The H is silent like the P in swimming. So remember that. <laughs> You know, they never got my name wrong the rest of the year. And the English teachers love it. And if if you're if you're censoring the program right now, I I'm sorry, folks. I didn't mean to say that. Go ahead, Marianne. Joe, you're you're the kind of guy I would put here in your swimsuit. Thanks. You would have liked it. Thank you. Oh my. We we've got about uh shoot, we've got let's go four or five, four and a half more minutes here. Who's got a question? Well, Pastor Joe, I think we have the graphics. Do you want to run through them? Yes, would you? I sent them to him. There we go. Talk to us, Marianne. Talk to us. Okay, so the first graphic just shows I have 24 videos, but there's 26 letters in the alphabet, right? Well, you'll have to watch these to see which ones are combined. So there's some letters being combined in here. So that's just int- the first one to introduce. Look how pretty those books are. They're great. They used to have glitter on the letters, and now they don't. But these are books that are like 23 years old, but they're still available because they work. Go to the next slide. Next, yeah. That shows the app. It's uh, DMB reversed, and the app is called CDSM. Wow. Go ahead to the next slide. So the first book is the letter C, and look at all the different things we talk about. Um, The proper writing skills, the two sounds for the letter C. 
Recognizing that there's a circle, C is in a circle. So we're talking about how to print and then um, identifying words that begin with C. And there's a lot more because I could only put like five bullets on there. So that's just the first book. Go to the next side. Now, book 11 talks about, again, proper writing skills, the one sound for the letter S, connecting words to pictures. We're right. Kids are writing three and four letter words, identifying words that begin with E. There's always a story in every book with comprehension questions and more. Go to the next slide. Oh, that's my QR code. If you take your phone out right now, you can take a picture of this, and that's where you can make a donation. That's right. We've been watching the movie The Chosen, and I love how people pay it forward. They are blessed by the movie, and so they want to make a donation and pay it forward. So I'm using that slogan with, with this. If what we're sharing blesses you and you want to pay it forward for someone else who's dyslexic, Amen. just make a donation on our website. PJ, can you put that back for just a minute, friend? That'd be great. Just put that back for just a second, if possible. There you go. Let's give them a second to get your phone out. That's great. I'm looking at it and I'm yeah. getting dizzy. Do you see the woman in there with the mirror? <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> if you squint your eyes. It's a maze. It's a maze. There you go, Tank. That's right. All yeah, it's right. also on my website, dyslexia-solutions.com. Great. It's on there, too. Thank you, TJ. Yeah. sure appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Marianne, that is, that is so awesome. And the thing we all see. Ron, did you have a quick thought? Did I interrupt you? Go ahead. Oh, you're muted. He said no. He said, okay. I was thinking. (laughs) Okay. You know, okay. Uh, Moving right along. (laughs) Moving right along for a second. Hey, Stephanie, maybe just give a quick word so we could, yeah. I'm up. Okay. Just just like Dr. Marianne said, it is crowdfunding is a pretty cool thing, isn't it? And uh, lots of little donations go far, as you see with The Chosen, if you guys haven't checked it out free plug to them. It's pretty fantastic. And that was all viewer and believer, small donations that added up to make that happen. And that's kind of what we're about here too. Um, you can go find all of our show information at bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. Uh, you can get information about each one of us, about past shows, upcoming shows, and there is a donate button up there, that little yellow button up in the corner. And if you are struggling with how to donate um, next to Pastor Joe's face, you can see some instructions of how we can help guide you along. And we appreciate anything that you can do. It's super helpful. And it does cost money to be on the air and be on all these platforms. So we appreciate it. Yeah, if you hit me right on the nose, a QR uh, code pops out. That's it. Thank you, Stephanie. So appreciate it. You're welcome. Repassers don't have to do it. And I want to let everybody know, and I didn't ask permission for this, but you guys are family. This wonderful couple right here helps helps our program also, and we thank God for them. They are a blessing, and they continually help us too, and uh, they always bless us. They're part of this family. We're going to get them rescheduled again to follow out on this as we go. Anybody have a thought? Ron, anybody? We got. We have like uh, two two and a half minutes. Go. So Marianne, how do you how do you stay excited about your work? 
I know it's a, you know, I, and, and that's kind of a leading question because the Lord has given you a, a wonderful talent and insight. But what, what keeps your fire burning uh, about about what you do? You know, I, I had a little bit of um, frustration the other day and I was talking to one of my friends in Pennsylvania and she's just she just built me up and just, Marianne, you have reached so many people and Amen. the people that watch your videos and they tell other people and they tell other people you are impacting thousands of lives. So hearing that really gets my fire stirred up again. I feel encouraged. Um, of course, I pray. I'm always praying for God to just show me what to do with the with the reading programs and stuff and and reignite that in my heart. But seeing kids make progress. And one of the things I wanted to say, if a kid isn't learning, the, the teacher has to do something differently. So ah. the kids need a more challenge. They need things slowed down. Um, when I worked with a student today, I had to bring when I saw when she was, you know, really getting tired. So I had to change it up and we need to change things up for kids. But one of the things that really blessed me was a phone call that I got. And the woman said, is this an answer machine? And I said, no, this is this is Dr. Sintron. She said, I feel like I hit the lottery. <laughs> so that really blessed me that people well, you, know what I'm doing. And they, people who appreciate it, let me know. Your heart and your life, Will, your heart and your life, both of you together are dynamic for Christ. And we appreciate you. And we claim you as family. So, uh you can give him a kiss on the cheek. It's Valentine's. Everybody cover your eyes. No, it's all right. I get the kiss. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like it. That just made the show better. All right. I cooked the dinner. He gives <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget yeah. to look up those addresses. Go on the website. They're there. And if you have a question, you can text any one of us. We'll make sure we get that information to you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Raising Expectations. And uh, again, thanks so much to the Sintrons. God bless your home and your lives. And all of you tonight. Love you guys. And all of you looking in tonight, happy Valentine's. God bless you. He's with you. See you Thank later. That's it, guys. Bye, y'all. God bless. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Will. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous. But most of all, uplifting so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn.